Hallelujah. Why don't you lift up your two hands? Lift up your two hands wherever you are. Just speak in tongues for one minute. Open your mouth, speak in tongues. Come on, come on, speak in tongues. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Lift up your two hands. Wherever you are, lift up your two hands. In the book of Deuteronomy 33, the verse 3, the Bible said, and he loved his people. He loved them. He guided them to his feet. And to every man, he began to distribute his undiluted word. Eternal Father, tonight, that marks the abinitio of this very stupendous conference. I decree in this house that between now and benediction, let somebody's testimony pour like rain. Let your amen be the loudest if you believe you are a secret. Tonight, I came because you sent me that through the teaching and preaching of your erudite word, somebody's life will be metamorphosed. Tonight, whatever has kept your people in bondage, as I release your undiluted word, they are coming out by fire. I said they are coming out by fire. Spirit of the living God, I ask that you will fill the atmosphere. Let your presence be very palpable tonight. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the precious Holy Ghost. And everyone will holler a thunderous amen. Come on, let your amen be louder if you believe it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. You may be seated in heavenly place. Somebody shout fire. Come on, shout it, fire. Somebody shout fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Turn to your neighbor on your left, on your right. Tell that neighbor you are in for a divine surprise. Tell somebody after this conference is over, you'll be jumping with your testimony. Are you alive or you have gone somewhere? Can I prophesy? I decree with my telescopic eyes that between now and end of this conference, whatever brought shame into your life, by the power of God's word, it shall be exterminated. I say it shall be exterminated. Somebody shout, I take it by fire. Hallelujah. You may be seated in heavenly places. Somebody shall fire. Somebody shall fire. Somebody shall fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. The theme for this Gargantuan conference is raising the banner of Christ. Tell somebody raising the banner of Christ. Shout it, raising the banner of Christ. If you don't say it, you are a suspect. Shout it, raising the banner of Christ. Look at your neighbor, eyeball to eyeball. Tell that neighbor, tonight is your night. Tell the person, don't be an observer. Be a participator. Yes. If there is no expectation, there is no manifestation. That is why in church, when you go to conferences like this, and the atmosphere is, is impregnated with divine aura, you have to be careful you sit to it. Because there are some people, they can kill your momentum. I said, why are you not home, but I said, maybe there be. 
In conferences like this, we are desperate. There are things that must be lifted. Are you with me at all? And I pray that between now and benediction, may God make your destiny colorful. May God make your family colorful. May God make your career colorful. May God make this ministry colorful. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Shout it, I take it by fire. Tonight, I'm going to speak to you briefly on a message I've titled Aaron's Office. Somebody shout Aaron's Office. Shout it, Aaron's Office. Yes. You know, I have discovered in life that there is no opportunity that is very colossal, that is very great and enviable, like the opportunity to serve God. Are you with me at all? Listen, 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 listen. Don't forget this statement I'm making. There is no opportunity in life that is great, that is very, very prodigious, you know, enviable, like a man or a woman that has the opportunity to serve God. It's vital. Show me a man in the body of Christ that is doing exceptionally well. Show me a man, you know, in the kingdom of God. Show me a woman in the kingdom of God that is doing inexplicable exploits. And I will show you a man or a woman that has grace to serve. Hear me? If you have no grace to serve, you have no business believing God to lift a certain banner of Christ in your life. No matter your preaching, no matter your sincerity, no matter the fans you have, you know, you're a local champion, everybody knows you in Nugua. If you don't have grace to serve, my dear, you have lost greatness. What makes you an asset to God is your grace to serve him. You know, a lot of people don't know this very simple principle. Gradually, we have turned prayer into religious bigotry. Everything is prayer. Everything is prayer. Forgetting that there's something called service. Service is vital. Tell somebody service is vital. Tell somebody service is vital. You see, every one of us here in this conference, one of the prayers I want you to pray seriously is that, Lord, let me never get to a stage or an apogee in life where the law of diminishing returns sets into my life. That is, you serve God, God will embellish you, God will elevate you, God will promote you, and at some point, you become stationary. Then the people under you, your subordinates, begin to surpass you. My dear, when you enter that realm, you must seek God and ask God, God, what is happening? Why? Because by the time people under you are surpassing you, it's a sign you are loved grace for service. A lot of people love, give me car, give me house, Give me money. It's good. But why are you not asking for grace to serve God? Because that's where the secret is. Are you with me at all? Anybody that is a servant in the vineyard is an asset to God. Ask your neighbor, are you a servant or you are just one of those people? You can't be in a house like this and be a statistic. No. Listen, any day you don't show up in church and you are not missed, it's a sign you are not useful to the church. God said, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> so there are people who are always on God's agenda. 
God can boast about them. God can brag about them. So any day Job doesn't show up in the sanctuary, God will be looking for Job. I prophesy in this season. After this conference is over, because the grace of service is coming upon you, may God dispatch angels with your blessing that will be looking for your house, looking for you in your company, looking for you in your ministry. Receive that privilege. Receive that opportunity. Somebody shall fire. Shall fire. Shall fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, listen. Service is vital. We can't be raising the banner without service. That is the key. That is the ticket. Are you with me at all? <laughs> listen, I took time several years ago, you know, through biblical research, and I discovered that people that attain some level of repute, some level of eminence, you know, in ministry, in life, eh, I discovered that all those people, it was because they had the threshold of service. And they vowed never to lose that grace. Listen, service is an opportunity. Tell somebody it's an opportunity. Service is an opportunity. To serve God is an opportunity. A lot of people see car as opportunity. But my dear, car is very inferior to a man that has the spirit of service. Why? Because that man that is busy serving, car will not mean anything to the person. Because any day you need a car, God will make the car come into your life. Why? Because you are more than a car to God. Tell somebody, receive grace to serve. It's very, very important. Very, very important. You know, when you read the book of, let's open some things. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Let's read from verse 14. You know, a man was going to travel to a far country. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man traveling to a far country. Who called, what? Talk to me. His own servants and delivered his goods to them. You know, I like senior brother. Give me King James. This is junior brother. Yes. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country. Who called his own servants and delivered unto his goods to them? Continue. Continue. And unto one he gave what? Somebody shout Aaron's office. <laughs> unto one he gave five talents. To another he gave what? To the last one he gave what? To every man according to his what? Can I get three gentlemen? Let me illustrate something. A man was going to travel. Don't forget, the man there is an epitome of God. Are you with me at all? What we are reading is a metaphor. It was a parable Jesus was trying to use to expand something. Are you with me at all? So the man in this context is God. Say it's God. Okay. So the man was going to travel somewhere. Then he called his servants. He said, you, I know you. I know your abilities. I know your, you know, when you come under pressure, I know how you can react. So let me give you five. Take prophetic. Take evangelistic. Take apostolic. Take teaching. You, you have what it takes to manage the five. So take it. Then he came to this other one. He said, you sometimes, when I rebuke you, suddenly you change. So I don't want you to backslide and go to hellfire. So let me give you two. Manage the two. Because I know you have what it takes to manage the two. Take maybe teaching and evangelistic. 
Then he came to this one. You, you are so unstable. The other day, you almost quit coming to church. Because I have a big heart as a father. I love you anyways. Let me give you one. Just manage evangelism. So, he gave one five, another two, then another one. But look at it. According to what? There are several abilities. Understand that in this context, God's primary concern is not the resource, but your responsibility. That's what he's interested in. It's not the resource, but your responsibility to what he has called you to do. That is what is important. Are you with me at all? He said, you five, you two, you one. God is more concerned to your faithfulness, to your responsibility. It's not a resource. You remember when he came back, he said to the one that he gave five because he traded it and got five back. You remember the story? So in other words, eventually he brought how many? Ten. He took in five and eventually brought ten. This one took two. But look at it. The one that he gave five that brought ten. What did he say to him? He said, well done. Talk to me. Did he say that? He said, well done. Good and what? Good and what? Good and what? Good and what? So clearly, God's, God's primary interest is your faithfulness to your responsibility. This one too traded is two. How many did he bring back? So in total, four. Is that right? What did he tell this one too? Well done. But look at it this way. The one that brought ten and the one that brought four, which is greater? Talk to me, which is greater? So, shouldn't this one get more points? Talk to me. But in the mind of God, God is not looking at the resource necessarily. God is looking at the faithfulness to your responsibility. That is the more reason why if you see a preacher looking down on another church, because his church is bigger than the other church, that preacher doesn't know Bible. Listen, we thank God for people like Bishop Adeboe. We thank God for people like Bishop Oedepo. I mean, these men have crowd. But I tell you for a fact, in the eyes of God, Bishop Oedepo is not better than Dr. Kuba. Why? Because God is not concerned necessarily with the numbers. God is looking at your faithfulness to your responsibility. Are you in the house or you have gone somewhere? So when you find somebody drawing that, you know, dichotomy, that this one is succeeding, this one is better, because he has a bigger church, they don't know scripture. Because in the eyes of God, he's looking at your faithfulness. The truth of the matter, we all can have crowd. God doesn't use crowd to judge anybody's success. Every preacher wants a crowd. But that is not the litmus test for your success. Am I teaching somebody at all? No, the team your bishop gave me, this is the kind of stuff today and tomorrow I'll be teaching you. So that by the time you enter, you know, second night, and you say, Lord, give me, God has no option but to embellish your life. Why? Because you understand the terms of the deal. Are you with me at all? I prophesy today, whatever is keeping you in obscurity, whatever is not making you make progress, as you receive this message on Eros ministry, may that thing be broken by fire. I say, may it be broken by fire. Tell somebody, be faithful to your responsibility. Then he gave this one one. Guess what? He said, sir, I felt despised. I thought you didn't like me. 
So the one you gave me, I buried it. When you read further, the Bible said, the master said, you are very wicked. Which means if he had also traded it, he would have gotten additional one, making it two. Whatever God said to the one that traded two and brought four, he would have said the same. He would have told this one to well done. Good and faithful servant. So, God is more concerned with that. You see, most of you are sitting here. God has given you grace. God has given you talent. You have potential. But you are not serving God with your potential. There are some of you, you may not be able to go with us to evangelize, but your money can go with us. And of course, also far my head. Please sit down. So, your faithfulness. You think God made you intelligent for yourself. No! God gave you the intelligence for the house of God. Some of you sit in bank, insurance, you do your own business, you have ideas, tremendous ideas. Your bank is doing well, your insurance is doing well, whatever you find, you are doing well because of the grace God gave you. But when you come to the house of God, you are bankrupt. Your company is doing well because of you. But how much of that have you brought to the table in the house of God? What dressing? What Somebody shout Aaron's office. We have not entered the office here too. We are just moving around the corridor. I'm gradually bringing you into the office. Listen, nothing, no banner will be lifted if you don't enter the arena of service. That is the key. That is the what? The key. The key to everlasting prosperity. Eh? It's not prayer. It's service. Prayer You don't serve, you don't prosper. If you don't serve, he says, serve me and I'll bless your bread and your water. That is prosperity. I prophesy today, your greatest prosperity is tied to your grace to serve. And I prophesy tonight, as you enter the arena of service, Makadini Makataya, I see on the supernatural horizon, a group of people that I imagine, and I hear the Lord say, these are the men and the women, I am embellishing with grace to serve. And because they are becoming servants, they shall prosper. Release that anointing. Receive that grace. Receive that power. Rise up and shall fire. Shake your legs, shall fire. Jump on your feet, shall fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Give somebody a tell the person, become a servant. Tell somebody, serve God. Serve God. Serve God. That is the key to everlasting prosperity. Serve him. Serve him. Stop all these frivolous excuses. Eh? You are not serving God. Why are you not in church? Because I have Qatar. God punish you. Why are you not in church? Because I didn't iron my dress. Could you have given that excuse in your office? Listen, God wants to honor us, but God is saying, I want to see the threshold of service first. Service. 
service. Listen, look at me. Look at me. I am not teaching this because I'm a pastor. This was my life before I became a man of God. That is why I understand what it means to serve. In Luke 16, the verse 12, the Bible said, if you are not faithful in that, which is another man's, who will give you your own true riches? So, if you see a man that is succeeding today, by the grace of God, Bishop is my witness. I'm one of the most soft after preachers. Not because I'm very sagacious. Not because I can teach and preach. It's because I understand this threshold of service. So, any man that is enjoying today is backdated to his time of service. If you are not faithful to that which is another man's, you are in another man's ministry. My, that's why when people come to you and say, oh boy, you are just lucky. God is helping you. I want to slap the person. Because in my own discipline, there's nothing like luck. Everything I am, I end it on the platform of service. I served. Talk to anybody that I came under his ministry. They will tell you, he succeeded because he had the grace to serve. He said, if you are faithful in that, which is another man's. So, your real test will be in another man's ministry. So when God is blessing you, it's not because of what you are doing today. It's backdated to what you did there. God will never forget your labor of love. I profess over seven of you. In 72 hours, may God remember your labor of love. May God embellish you with a dangerous miracle. Somebody shout, I take it by fire. Tell somebody to be faithful. Be a servant in another man's ministry. That's the problem with a lot of folks. They are not faithful servants. You are looking for your own. Have you been faithful? You want to drive the car your bishop drives. Have you been faithful? You do you want to travel and come? Have you been faithful? The thing is not in admiration. It's in service. There are things your bishop is enjoying today. It's partaken. When he was also a servant in another man's ministry. Listen to me. Quote me anywhere. Even if the man you are following decides not to, you know, reward you, remunerate you, make you feel good. Once you have triggered the principle of service, if the man decides not to help you, God will raise other opportunities. I'm telling you. I tell my sons every day, no, you give your all. Serve God. Even if I, if I say, I will not help you. You have already triggered the weapon of divine promotion. Even if I don't use, God doesn't use me. God will use other channels to bless you. Why? Because you are a servant. Tell somebody, serve God. Serve God. Give me, now let's enter something. Give me Exodus chapter 4. The verse 14. Somebody shout Aaron's ministry. Shouted Aaron's ministry. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is Aaron the Levite, thy brother? <laughs> hey, look at me. You see, God came to Moses. He said, oh boy, I want you to be this, the custodian of my glory. In fact, in the original plan or the original device of God, Aaron was not in the picture. It was because 
Moses was arguing with God. God appeared to him. He said, oh boy, go to Egypt. Go and tell that bad boy, Pharaoh, let my people go. He said, ah, if I go, they won't believe me. How? How would they believe me? Me, that I stammer. By the time I say, fa, 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 let, let, they will slap me and they won't hear me. God is the one speaking to you. He said, they won't believe me by just telling them, I met a certain God in, at the burning bush. No. He said, okay, put your hands in your pocket. He put his hand in his pocket. He said, bring it out. He brought it out. His hands had waited. He said, when West comes to West, show them signs and wonder. He said, ah, they won't believe me. God said, okay, put your hands back. He put it back. He brought it out. He was restored. He said, they won't believe. God said, okay, what is in your hand? He said, the rod. He said, drop it. He became a serpent. He left. God said, pick it again. God was showing him things he wants to do. But the man kept arguing. God said, okay, since you don't want to be the custodian of my glory and power, let me create a ministry. So Aaron's ministry was introduced to help Pastor Moses. Aaron's ministry became a covenant responsibility. Listen to me. To every Moses in life, there must be Aaron's. To every covenant assignment, eh, there must be Aaron's. God said, Moses, because of your memory and complaint, I create another ministry. I create a ministry of help in order for you to fulfill your covenant assignment. So God said, have you considered Aaron, thy brother? Did God not know that? God knew. But don't forget that naturally, it is the youngest that goes to meet the oldest. Not the other way around. Talk to me. If you meet your older brother or your older sister, is it not the younger one that should run to the older one? Is that not how it's supposed to be? So the younger must give veneration, respect to the older one. That's how it's supposed to be. Even in ministry. Even if you are standing on a higher platform than your father, you still honor him because he's your father. That's how it's supposed to be. But that day, God said, from today, I am removing that genealogy. I am taking away that brotherliness. Now, Aaron, who is supposed to be your older brother, he's no longer coming to you as older brother. He's coming to you as your servant. So God wanted to take away the genealogy. Because ideally, it was Moses that should go and look for Aaron. But Aaron is no longer coming to Moses as biological brother. God is saying, Moses, Aaron is now coming to you as your servant. Remember, God said, Moses, from today, you are a God, and Aaron shall be your mouth. So, you can be in the house of God. You could be older than the bishop. You could be more educated than the bishop. You may have better things than the bishop, but you are still a servant. Grace has nothing to do with age. Grace has nothing to do with certificate. But when you come to the house of God, there is a hierarchy. Are you with me at all? He said, have you considered Aaron, thy brother? So immediately it was cut off. And look at what he said. He said, I know he can what? Talk to me, he can what? Listen, in this house, eh, we have one head. Who is that? Talk to me, who is that? If you don't know, you are a suspect. Who is that? Bishop is your father. So we have one 
head in this house. Somebody shall want. Any ministry with two heads is a demon. There can only be one. Do you know if there is any enigma, if there is any problem, eh, and they want to talk to somebody, they won't come to you. Who would they look for? The head. Why? Because he's the point man of this ministry. So, if he is the point man, the question is, what are we? We are in the Aaron's office. So, every one of you seated here, that wants the banner of Christ to be lifted in your life. From today, start seeing yourself as an Aaron. Listen, even if you can preach better than bishop, prophesy better, heal the sick better, you can never become the head. You cannot. Why? Because you are an error. You are an error. Tell somebody you are an error. That's who you are. That's who you are and it will change. And look at it. He said, I'm bringing you Aaron who can speak well. <laughs> so, as much as Bishop is the head, there is something you are better than than Bishop. So, as you are contributing that thing, don't allow that thing you are contributing to get into your head. He said, Aaron can, you say you are a stammerer. Aaron is not a stammerer. There is something, I tell my people every time, I say there is something you are good at. You are something you are better than than I do. So, you bring it to the table. Put me in a bank. I will mess up. That's the truth. Put me in an oil company. I will not, I not go sit up. But put me in an environment to detect demons. <laughs> Prophesy, preach. I will do well. Why? That is my grace. So, you must ask yourself, what can I also do in order to help the vision, in order to raise the banner of Christ in springs of life? That is what you should be asking yourself. Don't always come to church, Lord, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me. When you also come to say, Lord, what can I do? Lord, what can I do? Lord, what can I offer? Lord, what can I do? Lord, what can I offer? I pray tonight, may God touch your mind. May God change your mind. May God shift your focus from just receiving into contribution. Receive that grace. Receive that power. Somebody shout, I take it by fire. Tell somebody I'm an error. Tell somebody, I am a proud error. Look at it. Number one, he can speak well. Some of you are good with things. Some of you can sing. suspect? So for preaching, pray. I say, ah, man, seven no preach. Now come on, seven no preach. Message I preach, I need practical. Me na me kase kwa yedi wa kwe. Unse obwe fu, unte wasi mabunfu. Listen, listen, listen. In Jeremiah three, the verse fifteen, the Bible says, "I will give you pastors." Maybe you've not taken time to look at it. It didn't say pastor. Plural, pastors. <laughs> Who will feed you with knowledge and teach you understanding? Why did God say pastors? Because your this church, 
this congregation can't be my congregation. So the polarity of it is because we have diverse churches. But to every church, I'll give you a pastor. So, no matter how offended you think you are, and the truth of no matter is, any genuine pastor, when you meet God, ask him. You tell him I'm telling the truth. Any genuine pastor eh, will torment you. Will put you under pressure. Sometimes it will look like, can't he see what I'm doing? He cannot see. Why? Because he wants the best out of you. You know, there are some people when they do things and you don't acknowledge them, they are offended. They give one offering, which will the whole committee should come and thank you. <laughs> to be freco cost meeting. Eh? The other day, me kwa ya adia kwa mo oma me dama say, hey, ya me dawa say. It's a sign you are not a servant. Iron's ministry. He can speak well. So there's something you are good at. And I pray that from tonight, every potential God has embedded you with, in the next seven days, may that potential come alive. I say, may that potential come alive. When God gives you money, may you remember the church. When God gives you energy, may you remember the church. When God gives you anything, may church come to your mind. Receive that impartation. Somebody shout, I take it by fire. Look at it. And also behold, when he cometh forth to meet thee, and he seeth thee, you'll be what? <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is who Aaron is. This is what you and I in this church that is helping, you know, our Moses should be doing. He said, anytime they see Moses, they will be glad in their heart. Any day bishop is preaching, and there is no gladness in your heart, you are suspect. Any day bishop is preaching and you are sitting by somebody, you are telling the person, I said, my bishop, can't call the scripture. We're so bad. I want. Stop deceiving yourself. A true servant is happy, is elated, is enthusiastic to hear his father preach. When the man is preaching, you know, you, you are quick to drop offering, you are tapping. Ah, Papa, when we close from service, you go to him, Doc, this message was my message. It's not like you are pretending. You enjoy the message. People who are not servants, when the message is powerful, everybody is testifying. There is no gladness in your heart. You are calculating the message. You are marking his tenses. My dear, you are deceiving yourself. Because you can choose to be a, 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 an English teacher. You can choose to be marking his whatever grammar, but you can never be in his day. So the earlier you accept the gladness in your heart, the better for you. He said, any day they see you, you'll be elated. I'm telling you. That's why you don't become familiar with your pastor. Because he can laugh with you. He can dance with you. He can joke with you. No, 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 my dear. You are crossing boundaries. There should be gladness. Am I helping somebody at all? Why? Because, listen, every child of God, your pastor, is your gateway to heaven. Quote me anywhere. 
every church that that's why he said i will give you pastors after not after your heart no church member desires his pastor so when we preach and the message is hard you get i have draw what after what i mean i will change them okay go ahead you don't know bible you can't change your pastor he said i will give you pastor after my heart not after your heart god didn't consult anybody to decide which should pastor you God decided that in this part of town, springs of life, I make Dr. Kuban the man of God of this ministry. So you don't have what it takes to get up and say, no, because he rebuked me, I've changed my church. You are not ready to become an hero. Listen, it's not every day you may agree with him, but your own is to serve. Listen, the kind of people we served, who's I remember I used to go to meetings with my own father. When we go, they would give us rice. Eh? The man would tell me, can you see the rice? I say, yes. Meanwhile, I was preaching. Can you see the rice? And I say, yes. How many are there? I say, about four packs. I say, open the first one. What did you say? I saw, I saw chicken. See chicken. Open the second. What did you say? I said, chicken. Open the chicken. He said, you like it? I say, yes. He said, that's ministry. Go away. You won't get some. I said, that's ministry. <laughs> May God give you grace to serve. May God give you grace to last long. Somebody shout, I take it by fire. There will be glad any day you see mommy, you see your father at the parking lot or you are happy that is the sign of an error that is a man or a woman that is looking forward to the lifting of Christ's banner in your life hey, you can relate with them it's a sign there is no ecstasy in your heart every error must be happy to talk about his Moses in your office Lunchtime, people come around. You are, hey, have you been to my church? Come to my church. Tell him my pastor they preach. Ah, look at some churches. The way they, the way they, the way they celebrate their pastors. I'm telling you, if a lighthouse member is in your office, you will know. Say I hear. I'm telling you the gospel truth. If a lighthouse is in your is in, on your flat, you will know that this one is from lighthouse church. See how they talk about their bishop. See how they celebrate their bishops. Go to Christ's embassy. Sometimes when you get there, nobody's preaching. They are watching such light. That's how much they celebrate their own. Ask your neighbor, when last did you talk about your pastor in your office? Boyfriend, obey Jaok. I only time can in one When was the last time somebody came to your desk saying, my sister, I'm having problems. Things are not working for me. And your pastor is just around the corner. He has grace to handle situations like that. You cannot recommend your pastor to your colleagues. One day I went to pray for a bank and the manager was escorting me. And I said, you know what, come to church. He said, immediately I was just walking out. I saw one of my own members. I said, oh, you work here? He said, 
Then the manager said, I didn't know you, you go to Reverend Kingsley's church. And you have never invited me before. I said, thank God the woman had the effrontery to say that. Because in Sunday's message, I will preach it. We tell you, go and invite people. Your bank manager, through another person, discovered me. Came to bless him, pray for him. When I was leaving, I saw my own member. You have never invited a person before. And you call yourself an Aaron. You are not. But after tonight, our minds will change. I say, after tonight, our attitude will change. Receive that anointing. Receive that grace. Somebody shall fire. Listen, anything you relish, anything you love, anything you like, you will talk about it. You will talk about it. So if you are enjoying the ministry of Reverend Ekuba, why are you not spreading the word? Why are you not spreading it? It's a sign that you are not an Aaron. You are not an Aaron. Because Aaron's are always excited. When you miss church on Sunday, you are calling people. What did daddy preach? Hey, so I missed it. Go online and watch. No, 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 I don't like online. I want to be in the place where the real show is happening. That is the attitude of an Aaron. When they miss church, the whole day they are sad. It's like Crystal Palace beating Manchester United. When Manchester loses a match, it's like they have put cold water on me. Hey, that thing can pay me. But thank God, Kotoko replied. So at least I was okay. <laughs> Gladness in the heart. Gladness. Gladness. Be happy. Anything about your pastor, you are happy. Listen, you don't know it, but for God, for the banner of Christ to be lifted in your life, in your life, in your life, eh? your pastor plays a pivotal role. Don't forget, can I get three people again? Let me show you something. The Bible said there is only one mediator between God face the congregation. There's only what? Between God and man. Is that what the Bible said? Talk to me, Bible students. One mediator between God and man. So who is the mediator? Talk to me. Who is the mediator? Jesus Christ. Is that not the case? One mediator. So people who say, me, I don't need a pastor. After all, Christ is in my heart. God is in my heart. It's foolish talk. And take it for me. Foolishness is not an insult. It's a description of status. No, 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 no. So no, when somebody says you were a fool, don't say, Mina didn't matter. Check yourself. If you are in that realm of foolishness, get out. You know, sometimes some people talk by heart. They don't know what they are saying, but they want to force it on everybody. Listen, the fact that some people are messing up as pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, does not mean everybody is messing up. There are still some remnants. Thank God Reverend Ekuban is one. Thank God I am one. Thank God there are several people that have not bowed their knees to bow. I prophesy in this house, may God raise more remnants. I say may God raise more remnants. Receive that anointing. Receive that grace. Rise up and shall I take it by fire. One mediator between God and man. But don't forget there's something we call intercessor. Every pastor is an intercessor. So between Christ and the man, there should be a pastor. 
If not, there is no need for intercessors. Every pastor is an intercessor. Some of you don't know the blessings you are enjoying. Be, faith, be honest with yourself. Sometimes you know you haven't prayed that week. You have not fasted that week. But you don't know how some strange doors are opening for you. It's because a certain Dr. Kuba is on his knees. And when he's speaking in tongues, God is opening doors for you. I prophesy in 72 hours. By the grace in this house, may strange doors open for you. I say may strange doors open for you. One mediator between God and man. Christ. So one mediator between God and man. Eh? But between Christ and the man, there should be a pastor. There should be somebody that represents the interest of God. Every pastor is an imitator of Christ. Every pastor is an ambassador of Christ. So we don't, we don't argue the one mediator between God and the man. But between Christ and the man, there should be a pastor. That is why you cannot take your pastor for granted. That is on the day of judgment. If you don't know, a scripture, your pastor will give an account on you. You think when the Bible says submit to spiritual authority, it was just saying it. Your pastor will give an account on you. I tell my church members, I can't lie before Jesus. I will say exactly what I know about you. You don't pay tight. When you pledge, you don't redeem it. Some people like to come forward to collect funds. When they come, they call an amount. They think we are joking. That seed you are giving is supposed to produce results. Once we are begging, I will not pay any. It's one tier. But you a big boy or a big girl. But you are deceiving yourself. It was an opportunity you just missed. Am I teaching somebody at all? Listen, there is a reward in Aaron's ministry. Listen, as much as your pastor is going to be blessed, succeeding, you too, you will enjoy. Do you know there are some churches today? Eh? The general overseer is doing well, succeeding. I mean, enjoying life. The associates too are enjoying. No, talk to me. So, in Aaron's ministry, you too, you can enjoy. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 5, I think verse 4, this honor, this honor, no man taketh it upon himself, but he that is called of God, as in error. <laughs> Look at it. And no man taketh this honor, this blessing, this favor, this banner that is going to be lifted in your life. Nobody takes it upon him or himself. But that is of God of God. As who? As who? Esther. Talk to me, Jeremiah. Who? Aaron. So, there is honor in Aaron's office. When you serve God well, God blesses you. There is honor. There is honor. He said nobody takes it upon himself. You don't get up one day and come and tell Bishop, I, Bishop, you know what? I, I, have, I, have, I carry something. I think what you are doing, you don't really understand some things. You know? Bishop, take it easy. Take it easy. Because the other day, when I slept, I saw an angel. I saw an angel in white. You know? 
Any angel now here? Who did he late? Who did he late? Till up you're now ready to die. And then I won't If anybody sees something in white and say you are seeing it, the Bible says even the devil, you are turned into an angel of light. So you can be seeing the devil and think you saw an angel. Just what humble yourself. Humble yourself. You cannot force this honor on yourself. You have to be in Aaron's office. You have to be a servant. That was who Aaron was. There is a blessing in that office. I prophesy today. Every one of you seated here. That is saying, man of God, I enter my Aaron's office. In three days, may God give you a land. May God give you a car. May God give you a new job. May God prosper you financially. Receive that grace. Receive that blessing. Rise up and shout, I take it by fire. Give somebody a high five. Tell the person, I will forever dwell in my Aaron's office. In the Aaron's office. You are not interested in gossip. You are not interested in caucus meeting. Eh? This group will call this group. Charlie, you hear what they go on? You know here, they are devils. Errors, when they gather, they are thinking of the growth of the church. When they gather, they are thinking, how can we finish this project? What can we do to help the man of God? What can we do to make the burden lighter? That is what errors do. Errors don't hold secret meetings. Charlie, what did he also share? As soon as anyway, die. Charlie, pano e beifu. Beifu anya di oti. E i prayer so awo tu kuwao. I know you advanced witchcraft. So witchcraft, no. Omo ma mkosku, omo ni miye. But you obi moswa. Omo no muntu. Bibi ayebi ano omo projecting. Not in the school, air analyzing. There be science saying that here. Any science near you the foolish things of this world. God takes it to confound the wise. I'm not talking to somebody at all. Receive that grace, receive that power. There is blessing in Aaron's office. I'm saying this to let you know don't feel insecure in your Aaron's office. You too, you can build your house. You can travel to Dubai, travel to Hong Kong, travel to America. You will go and do business and come. In your Aaron's office, you can become a real estate developer. In your Aaron's office, you can become a CEO. In your Aaron's office, you can succeed. Receive grace to succeed in your office. Somebody shout, I receive grace. So, tell somebody there is blessing in Aaron's office. There's blessing. There's blessing. Let me show you another blessing. Give me Numbers chapter 18 verse 8. Oh, Jesus. I like the team. <laughs> Raising the banner. Ah, God wants you to amplify your level of service. You should aggravate. And the Lord spoke to who? <laughs> God already spoken to his, his Jew, Pastor Moses. So Moses wasn't concerned. He said, Aaron, this conversation I'm having with you, I've already, talk, I've already spoken to your guy. Aaron, I'm putting you in charge of all my what? Heave offerings. Hmm. Hey, say Aaron the B. Shout it, Aaron the B. Hey, Aaron of his beard. Look at Aaron. God is putting him in charge of all his. This is a congregation of about 4.5 million people. That's the kind of congregation Moses was pastoring. If they put you in charge of finances, my dear, 
It means you are a blessed person. Are you following me at all? Now, a true appreciation. I ask him, God said, Aaron, by reason of your service, I put you in charge of my heave offering. You are in charge. It's a blessing. It's a what? For God to trust you with the finances of the church, it's not, it's not to curse you, it's to bless you. It means you, you, you are tested, you are tried and tested. God said, Aaron, because of your service, I put you in that position. It's not demotion, it's promotion. Over all my heave offerings. 4.5 million. When they do Sunday service. Eh? Even if everybody is giving one of one seed. How much is that? 4.5 million. The other day I heard Bishop Oedebo preaching. He said one Sunday offering. It takes them three months to count it. I said, Jesus is Lord. Bishop, one Sunday offering. The man sits... 100,000 first service, 100,000 second service, 100,000 third service, 100,000 fourth service, 400,000. <laughs> I was telling the bishop friend in Lagos, I said, oh boy, some of us, before benediction, you can't hear you. <laughs> Why are you pretending? Are you not in the spirit? Bishop, now 4.5 million. And now they're 400,000. You bet me the one night I came. <laughs> I'm telling you. One day I was preaching in a church in Lagos. Big church. Then I had to raise, because they were doing some project. It was going to cost them like $2 million. Very massive church. So I came, I finished preaching. And I said, you know, I want some people to give to support this project. Blah, blah, blah. Then the four people in front got up. Like one, two, three, four. They got and came to see me. He said, Bishop, please, how much is it you want to give? I mean, how much do you want to raise? I said, We need about $2 million. He said, Okay, we have split it amongst ourselves. <laughs> I went back to my, my host. I said, Oh boy, is this okay? Because he said, Man of God, what did they say? <laughs> it's like the guy wanted to embarrass me. <laughs> my bishop wanted to embarrass me. He said, If they said so, then it's okay. I said, so nobody's taking any envelope. He said, no, 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 no. If those four say they will settle it. Hey, I said, Jehovah is Lord. I wish I can collect them. I prophesy in this house that after this conference, because you are in your Aaron's office, may God embellish you with dangerous wealth. I said, may God embellish you with dangerous wealth. Somebody shout, I receive it by fire. Listen, several months after I came back, you know, I met another bishop in this country, powerful man of God. I said, he said, I've not seen you. Well, I heard you went to so-so and so-so. I said, yes, so I went to preach. But that church, they embarrassed me. He said, what happened? I said, after I finished preaching, they said we were doing a project, so I had to raise some money. Before I finished my sentence, the man of God said, ah, you two, they did it to you. I said, why? He said, in that church, they have some four people in front. He said, the four you met, they are not always that four sitting there. They sit there in badges. So those four felt I was taking their shine from them. They thought, ah, it's our turn. Our bishop didn't tell this man. We don't raise money here. It's 10 by 10. 
I prophesy with my telescopic eyes. After this conference is over, it shall be 10 by 10. I say it shall be 10 by 10. Somebody shout, I receive it by fire. He said, so I said, so the people I mean, he said, the next time you go, you won't see them. True to go. I mean, frankly speaking, the next time I went there, it was a different squad. <laughs> my friend, this bishop will tell me, you say, oh boy, you like traveling. You are always moving, doing this. I say, it's not your fault. <laughs> if you have this kind of congregation, where do you want to travel to? No, where will you go? I didn't say I'm going to the penny project. But if you have people who can support, where will I go? This man, every year, every 25th December, they visit his compound with two different cars. Every December. This was a church. One day, I was, I had finished, I was in the office and I was washing my hands and I was asking the gentleman that was served, you know, attending to me, protocol. I looked at the guy, I said, every time I can, you serve me, can I pray for you? What do you want God to do for you? He laughed. I said, no, tell me. <laughs> he said, God should just give him long life. I said, okay, but what do you do? He said, I'm the CEO of Access Bank. And I will hear the who you. Maybe I hear you free now. Maybe what them are. The office here, kitu ebi. Oka so on sevu kura. This is open it all. On to plain that. Ahoma swore so they can't serve. CEO of Access Bank worldwide. The guy was busy serving. What do you enter here? You put me in sevi as I was. That's your problem. There is no service in your life. You don't have a heart of a servant. When I go to places and I see people who are proud, pompous, my dear, pride goeth before destruction. Proverbs 16 18. You are what you are by the grace of God. Listen, I have never forgotten where I'm coming from. That's why when I preach, I preach my heart. Because I know from whence God picked me. And I am where I am today by the grace of God. Somebody shout Aaron's office. Shout it, Aaron's office. There is blessing. Okay, you remember when God told Moses that Moses, I want you to come up to Mount Sinai so that we will enact some laws to guide some indisciplines. You remember? When Moses went to, for how many days? 40 days. You remember? 40 days, 49. Okay, when Moses left, who became the Jew? Talk to me. Who became the general overseer? <laughs> is that not an honor? Any day bishop is out of town, you have the privilege to preach. Is it not an honor? Talk to me. Is it not an honor? In the absence of bishop, mommy is not there. There is a decision that must be taken. Who is likely to take that decision? Is it not the one that is in charge? So how did Aaron get that opportunity? Service. 40 days, 40 nights. He too had his own protocol. Operate with a special offering. A whole now for 40 days. If you will put me appreciation day. I want your appreciation day for Nipa 4.5. Hey, as I'm getting to 
So it's a privilege to be in Aaron's office. Listen, the banner God is talking about this season is the banner to serve. Serve him. Force yourself. And listen, don't let anybody remove you from that opportunity or that environment of service. Don't let anybody remove you. Anybody that wants to spoil your mind so that you lose hold of this spirit called service, dump that person. The real devil is that person. Anybody that will come to you and spoil you, to I mean spoil your leaders, spoil, to you, that's the kind of person you run away from. Listen, service is everything. Tell somebody, service is everything. The man became, but something happened, and I'm rounding off here, then we pray. The guy enjoyed. Say he enjoyed. Do you, let, let me give you another benefit card. You remember when Moses married an Ethiopian lady? Miriam, sit down, sit down. Let me teach you a little bit here. It will help you. Can I teach you? And I'm in poor hair and young cop. Let me ask how you're out there. I'm in trust. Let's say what you want, Mama, but let's hear. Moses married an Ethiopian lady. Immediately Moses did that. Mommy, Miriam came in company with Aaron. He said, in fact, they have forgotten that he's supposed to be their God. He's supposed to be their general overseer. He said, Moses, come here. And I What's wrong with you? How can you marry an Ethiopian lady? Don't you know you are not supposed to marry from that tribe? They were talking. Moses soon saw a stamp road in Kasa. Now Aaron's switching out. Can be no way, can be no way, can be. Suddenly, the clouds lifted. Miriam on the spot became a leper. She became leprous on the spot. But guess what? Aaron didn't become a leper. Why? Because he was wearing the garment of service. Miriam and Aaron both sinned. By speaking against God's anointed, touch not my anointed. But God said, Miriam, I will deal with you. Why? Because Miriam, you have soon forgotten. You didn't have a ministry. If I didn't call Moses, there would not be, there won't be any prophetess, Miriam. He said, any man I raise, I spoke to in dreams and in visions. But this guy is not so. I speak to him face to face. Miriam, were you not afraid? Were well, you not afraid? You don't talk to your mom. You are in Aaron's office, Miriam. When you are a servant, you don't challenge your God. You don't argue with your head pastor. You don't get angry and walk out. I am, I am, I can, I can. You are treading on dangerous ground. But the question is, what Moses did? Did Moses make a mistake? He didn't make any money. Moses didn't make a mistake. Can I take you down memory lane? Do you want to know this revelation? Moses didn't make a blunder. Listen, it's not everything God will teach your father. It's not everything the Holy Ghost will show your father, the Holy Ghost will show you. Are you with me at all? That you are an associate pastor. It's not everything the Holy Spirit will show mommy and daddy that the Holy Spirit will show you. That is why you have to be careful what you say. 
Are you, are you following me at all? You remember in Genesis 25, the Bible says Abraham took a wife called Keturah. And in verse 4, they had about seven children. One of those children was Midian. Look at it. Can you see Midian? I'm just abridging the story because of time. So, Abraham, before he was going to die, he gathered all his sons. Don't forget that Keturah was a legitimate wife like Sarah. Keturah was properly married. Just as Abraham married Sarah, Keturah too was married. It's the other one, hey guy, that was, a, was you know, one corner. So Ishmael was a, a child of adultery. But Keturah and Sarah, they were legitimate wives. So those seven boys from Keturah were legitimate children. So whatever Isaac qualified for, they also qualified for it. Am I teaching somebody at all? So when Abraham, I will soon marry the two, and you understand where I'm going. So when Abraham was about to die, the Bible said he gathered all these children, including the one that was out of adultery, Ishmael. He gave them material blessings. Car, house, camel, gold, that. Then the Bible said he gave Isaac all the blessings. Okay, you gave them material blessings. And you give Isaac the blessing. So what is the blessing? The blessing is the patriarchal party. What made Abraham great? He gave it to Isaac. So those children who were students of Bible, those seven children, they knew that their father had cheated them. Why give us material blessings that can perish? A car can have accident and spoil. My camel, one sickness can finish all of them. The cattle, I can lose them. So, why are you giving Isaac the blessing? You gave Isaac the machine that irrespective of where he finds himself, even if there are no helpers, Isaac will soon succeed. Why? Because he has the patriarchal machine. So, those children were offended. They were so offended because they knew their father had cheated them. That bitterness eh, was with them. Even when Abraham died, check your scriptures. They never showed up at his funeral. It was only Ishmael and Isaac that came to bury Abraham. Why? Because of bitterness. But don't forget, originally, all those seven children were part of the Abrahamic covenant. If they had remained in that covenant, like the way we pray, we say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, who could have continued, the God of Midian, the God of so so and so. Why? Because they were all part of the covenant. But because of bitterness, but you see, God is very loving. God was looking for an occasion to bring them back into the covenant. So when God spoke to Moses to marry the Ethiopian lady, who was a descendant of Midian, God was still looking for an occasion where you could reach out to them so that he can bring them back into the covenant. So Miriam, you are not there when God was speaking to Pastor Moses. So shut your mouth. You remember in Numbers chapter 10, when Moses was leading the people of God to the promised land, they got to the wilderness. They missed their way. They met a young man called Hobab. Hobab was also a descendant of Midian. Moses said, Hobab, I know bitterness is in your heart because of the stories you were told. Do you know when one family is bitter with another family? Their children out of that family, they inherit their bitterness. Sometimes you don't like some family, not because they did something to you. It's because your parents told you that these people offended us. So you also inherit unnecessary battle. 
So he told Hobah, show us the way. So that when we get there, whatever God is giving us, we will give you your own share. Hobah said, Nala, I will never agree. That is bitterness. That is why in Judges chapter 6, later on, God raised an army through Gideon and destroyed the Midianites forever because those guys were stubborn. But God was always looking for an occasion to bring them back into the covenant. That's why God allowed Moses to do what he did. So you may look at it as a mistake, but in the eyes of God, it was not a mistake. But God still overlooked Aaron's mistake. Punish Miriam. Why? Because it's most likely by the time Miriam is talking like that, she has left her place of service. I bet you, if Miriam was still serving well, there was no way the leprosy would have worked. Because this thing called service is a garment. It is a agbada. Susum, it is a bibi. But nipen with their naked eyes. But you wear something. And that thing you are wearing ensures you against untimely death. So Miriam, guess what? The same person Miriam criticized was the same person that said, Lord, tamper justice with mercy. Tamper justice. So Aaron was spared. Could it be that maybe he was spared, but the judgment was pending? Could it be God didn't touch Aaron because he was in Aaron's office? But something happened that broke my heart. And I pray that anybody that is busy serving in this house, you don't get to that apogee. Put numbers on Numbers chapter 20. Let's read 25, 26. Then we pray. Take Aaron and who? Eliezer, his son. How this thing broke my heart. I, I said to God, the day I read this scripture, I said, Lord, let me never end up like this. Enjoy, enjoy your goodness, enjoy your goodness, and die a very painful death. Look at it. He said, take Aaron and Eliezer, his son, and bring them unto Mount Hall. Continue. And strip Aaron of what? <laughs> and put them on who? His son, Eliezer. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people and shall die. Come, two people, come. Don't forget, when Moses went up 40 days, Aaron became the general overseer. Aaron was the one that supervised the golden calf. You remember, when they made the golden image in that calf, Aaron was the one that instituted the whole agenda. Aaron was the one that supervised it. But in all that, God still didn't punish him. So could it be all those punishments were pending? When he spoke against Moses, there was no punishment. Is it that God forgave him or God said, because of what you are wearing? But this punishment is for you. Man of God, there are some people in our churches, eh? they think they can misbehave. Because they got away in their 20s, they don't know they will enter 30s. If you dodge him in your 30s, you wait for you in your 40s. The Bible said God can never be mocked. Whatever a man soweth, you will reap it. The wicked will never go unpunished. The wicked there is not witches and wizards. That's what you like to quote. The wicked there are stubborn children in the house of God. Disobedient children. Rebellious children. God equates rebellion to witchcraft. Except for the sin of rebellion. It's like witchcraft. 
So anybody that is rebellious, you have deposit of witch in you. So, Aaron! But look at it. You know, when I read scripture, I, 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 I really personalize the whole thing. Have you realized in that scripture, there was nothing like maybe his son, Eliezer, crying to Moses. Moses, please don't go and kill my father. There was no mourning. I mean, nobody was morose. It's like they understood themselves. Let's go. Moses was going. Eliezer was going. Nobody was pleading for the order. It's almost as if whatever will happen, let it happen. Are you with me at all? Because if Eliezer didn't want that to happen, he would have started pleading with Moses. Or Moses would have said, because Moses tempered justice for Miriam. So why is he not saying the same thing? And it was not age, because Moses eh, still lived for many years. So it's not age that killed him. I don't know, but I'm just suggesting that could it be his punishment was postponed because he got away with some things. Why? Because of the garment he was wearing. But guess what? The day they took off the garment, can I take off your jacket? They got to the mountain and they took off the garment. He died. So is it possible that you survive accident in this life because you are busy serving God? Is it possible that the things that kill others, these days you hear cardiac arrest. You see people exercise. May God keep his soul. Junior Agogo, was he not a sportsman? Sometimes you think it's your gym that gives you longevity. It's not. Are you with me at all? It's not. Could it be your little contribution in church? Come to church, you serve God. You are in this department. That little thing you are doing, that's why God is preserving your life. My dear, it's not where you are coming from. It has nothing to do with your longevity. Tell somebody, humble yourself. Immediately they took off the garment of service. He died. He died. In my opinion, that's a very shameful death. A man that started well, served God well, honored you by becoming general overseer in the absence of your organ, put you in charge of his offering, enjoyed divine indemnity, then suddenly, Opana is gone. Why? Because the garment of service was taken. I prophesy tonight that those of us who spiritually the enemy is bamboozling and swindling you, deceiving you into thinking you have arrived. May God correct your thought. May God correct your mindset. May God bring you to the place of repentance. May God bring you to the place of your first love. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy that anybody that is busy serving God, God is treating you well. Life is treating you well. May you not end up like the way Aaron ended up. In the Aaron's office, may God keep honoring you and honoring you and honoring you and honoring you and honoring you. May your family be honored. May your business be honored. May your ministry be honored. Receive that grace. Receive that power. Somebody shall I take it. Stand to your feet. Lift up your two hands. Say, my father, my father. Shout it, my father, my father. Tonight, as my hands are lifted, I decree and declare Shouted tonight as my hands are lifted. I receive the spirit of service. Say, Lord, let angels plant my feet in the Aaron's office. Say, Lord, I will not change. I will not backslide. I will not join 
the wrong chariot. Say, Lord, from today, as my hands are lifted, let the banner of Christ in my life be lifted. In my ministry, be lifted. In my finances, be lifted. Let there be a divine lifting in my life. In my life. Say, Lord, Lord any door, every door that, was shut that was shut in my life, in my life that, prayer that prayer couldn't open, open. Let, the spirit, let the spirit, the grace, the grace of, service of service open that door. Open the door. Say, tonight, tonight as, I enter, as I enter my Aaron's office, my office I, shall enjoy I shall enjoy blessings, blessings honor, honor indemnity, integrity, by fire, by fire, by fire. Clap your hands and begin to pray. 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 In the name of we the enter Lord Jesus, our Aaron's office. Your voice, we enter our Aaron's office. We enter our Aaron's office. Our Aaron's pray, office. pray that angels will that, plant that you in the office of Aaron. You will forever be an Aaron. Nothing, Nothing will remove you. Nothing will take you out. Will take you out. Clap your hands and pray. Is yours. My father, my father. My father, my father. Tonight, tonight, as my hands are lifted, as my hands are lifted, I pray, I pray that you will tamper, that you will tamper justice, justice with mercy. With mercy. Say, Lord, Lord, any problem, any problem, I have brought upon myself, upon myself by my own mistake, by my own mistake, by my own blunders, by, by the blood of Jesus, tamper justice, justice with mercy. With mercy. Say, Lord, Lord, anything, anything I did, I did that removed me that removed from Aaron's office, office by the blood of Jesus. By the, By the blood of Jesus, tamper justice, justice with mercy. With mercy. Bring, me back Bring me back to the place, to the place of Aaron's of office. office. By fire. By fire. By fire. By fire. Clap your hands and begin to pray. Pray. 
Lift your voice up and pray tonight. The Lord, my God, damper justice, O God, with mercy tonight. Anything I did that brought me to where I am, anything that did that take me out from error surface, you want to pray tonight in Kalabazi Yakaba, Ali Kalabati Divikaba, the Kalabazi Yakaba, the Kalabati Divikaba, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. In the realm of the spirit, I see a bright light all over this place. Very bright. And I see something like apron being distributed to people. I see not less than 72 angels. And the Lord is telling me, anybody they are dropping the apron on, that apron you are seeing is the garment of service. The Lord said, for those who lost it, tonight there will be a restoration. Amen. Lift up your hands. Say, Father. Father, tonight, tonight, I am ready, I am ready to, receive to receive my own garment, my own garment of, service. of service. Say, Lord, Lord whatever, it takes whatever it takes for me to dwell, for me to dwell in the Aaron's office, office, let that grace, let that grace come, upon me. come upon me. Now, 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 now. open your mouth and pray for your garment. Pray. pray. Jesus. Jesus. 